Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Happy Saturday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of The Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, former NFL linebacker Arthur Motes and I share our top five offensive and defensive units for the 2019 season. We also discuss which first-year head coaches set up for the most success and which head coaches under the most pressure to succeed. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you, and on the phone for an interview today and chatting some more ball with me is Arthur Modes, who just recently announced his retirement from the NFL. On June 10th, after eight seasons, he was selected by the Bills in the sixth round of the 2010 NFL Draft out of James Madison. Spent four seasons there in Buffalo and then went on to play four more in Pittsburgh. Had a brief stint with the Arizona Cardinals in 2018. So Arthur, thanks man for taking the time to join me. I know you just had a charity event last night with Santonio Holmes. So how you doing today? Man, um, I'm doing great, man. Always good to be on with you. You know that. And yeah, man, uh, just had a blast last night, man. Me and Santonio Holmes, former Super Bowl MVP, did one of our uh, celebrity dodgeball events, man, for charities, man, for Ronald McDonald's Charities and for um, Santonio Sterling Law Foundation that uh, looks, in, looks for a cure for sickle cell and stuff like that, man. So it was just an awesome time. It was a great turnout. ton of people out there. A ton of people having fun. And yeah, man, we're just looking forward to doing it again now. That's great to hear, and as I told you before this podcast recording, Arthur, congrats again, man, on a great career. I know that you have finally put it behind you. You're now moving forward. You got your media company. I see you on Instagram interviewing some people, having a good time. So how do you feel now that you are officially retired from the NFL? Man, I feel great. <laughs> it's one of those things... Um when you're considering retirement, even though you know you can still play, you're just weighing all the different options, right? In terms of family, in terms of your desire to do the day-to-day stuff and things like that, man. But for me to have come to peace and know that this is 100% what I wanted to do, getting that announcement out there, man, definitely was like a weight off my shoulders. And now I can just freely flow through life, man. So I'm enjoying it. And transitioning to this media thing, man, has been a blast. So I'm looking forward to it now. That's awesome to hear. And Now we're going to go ahead and move into the football material, which is what we're here for, Arthur. We know training camp is less than a month away for NFL teams. Excitement is in the air. We can sense 
that football season is around the corner. The NBA season wrapped up. We know uh, the finals a couple of weeks ago. There's baseball going on. Basketball's about to hit free agency. But we all know that the best sport of them all, Arthur, is coming soon. It's NFL. And so on that note, I wanted to discuss some of the top offenses, some of the top defenses. So let's go ahead and start on the offensive side of the ball, Arthur. Now, why did, hold on, why did I know you were going to start offense, man? That's what I'm talking about. Everybody always wants to see high flying scoring and, and all the glamour and, and celebrations. What about the defense, man? Give the defense some respect, man. <laughs> Look, hey, man, I respect that, Arthur. You're trying to stand up for your defense, bro. And you know what, Arthur? Just because I'm feeling extra generous today, I'm going to let you start with the defense because you know what? I think you are right. Sometimes offense, it's all about offense. I get it. I get it. So you know what, Arthur? Why don't you do us a favor and you start by giving us your top five defenses of the 2019 season. Now, FYI, be ready to get attacked by some people who listen because you know people love to oh, uh, make, make fun of top five lists, so so beware of that. <laughs> hey, look, I'm, I'm anticipating them making fun of it or them saying, why isn't my team higher? Why isn't my team in the top five? So you know what? When y'all want to put your team in the top five, you make your list. But you know what? This is my list. So on my top five, <laughs> I start out at number five. I think it'll be the Dallas Cowboys um, Last year, they finished seventh in total defense, but I love their linebacking core with Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch. I think both of them really, you know, hit stride last year. And I think another year under um, Coach Rashard down there in Dallas, man, is only going to help them get way better and just continue to play fast. Obviously, you have Demarcus Lawrence, and we're banking on him being healthy when the season starts. So he's another one that can, you know, tear it up up front. And then Robert Quinn, I feel like them getting him through uh, – through the trade, man, I think that's going to be huge. I think that he still has, you know, plenty left in the tank. I think he had six and a half sacks this past season, eight and a half the year before that. But I still think he can get those double digits like we're accustomed to seeing with him. So I have Dallas at number five. Now, number four, I got the Minnesota Vikings. Now, they finished fourth last year on the uh, total defense rankings. But I think, man, with Everson Griffin coming back and hopefully being back for the full season, I think that's going to definitely help out you know, the pass rushing aspect. Um, I love what Eric Kendricks can do from the inside linebacker standpoint. He flies around. Eric, uh, Xavier Rhodes, lockdown corner. Harrison Smith, one of the young stud safeties in this league, man. So I think with those guys, even though they finished fourth last year, I still think they stay right there at that fourth rank. Now, one of my surprises, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, will finish third. Ooh. So, yeah, so last year they finished sixth. And you think about last year, right? They had trouble at the cornerback position opposite Joe Hayden. The inside linebacker position, they had Vince Williams, but between him and John Bostic, they didn't have anyone that could cover these tight ends or these speedy receivers that they were putting at, you know, third uh, wide receiver position. But I think with the acquisition of uh, Devin Bush through uh, the draft, then I also think by them bringing in Steven Nelson through free agency, when you pair those guys up with the T.J. Watt, Joe Hayden, Cam Hayward, they have a ton of pieces on that defense. And now that they've brought in Devin Bush, that's going to help them out a ton ever since the loss of Ryan Shazier. Mm, you so know now, what? That's an interesting one, Arthur. You know, I think there's a lot of young talent there in Pittsburgh. So I wouldn't be surprised if they make a jump. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like you said, for them to have finished sixth last, last year, and there was still times where you would watch them and you would be like, you know, they're struggling. But I think now those guys are, you know, another year under their belt. Obviously, you saw TJ really come on and become a Pro Bowl player. I mean, that was a huge jump for him. I think also a guy like Stephon Tuitt, he's going to step up and have another big season as well. So I think they have a ton of guys that are ready to take that leap. So I'm, I'm definitely banking on them popping into that third slot. My second slot, man, go back to my old stumping grounds up in Buffalo. I got the Buffalo Bills finishing second. They finished second last year as well in total defense. And here's why. Um, them re-signing Jerry Hughes was huge. He's a, a double-digit sack guy. You, you bank on that. Also, Tremaine, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, I think him having another year up there. He led the team in tackles last year, but obviously what he can do as far as flying around sideline to sideline, I think it's only going to make them and that defense that much better. Um, I love the Ed Oliver pick as well. I think, you know, with Kyle Williams retiring, 
you bring in young, fresh talent like Ed Oliver, a guy who can be just a terror from that three technique slot. I think that that's going to be huge for them. And then also on the back end with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, both of those guys were combined for, I think, it was seven interceptions total. But I think that they're still very productive on that back end. So I definitely like this Bills team being second. And the number one team, they finished third last year, but I think they'll be number one this year is the Chicago Bears. I think um, what Khalil Mack has done to that defense, it, it, it can't be understated. I think even though he missed some games last year and then played some, some games hurt, I think, man, just him being back out there fresh is going to take them to another level. Also, Roquan Smith, oh, man, I love what he was able to do last year as a rookie. I think he's going to continue to step up and just grow like we see all young players do. Um, and then on the back end, Prince Mukamara, I think he played phenomenal last year. And I love the addition of Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, getting him back into the NFC North. I mean, that's what he knows. Obviously played, what, countless years in Green Bay. So for him to be back in that division, I think he's going to be an extra boost for those guys on the back end. And to top it off, man, they got Clinton Dix on a really cheap one-year deal. Absolutely. So, he wants to prove himself. Yes. And, yeah, and he reunites with Eddie Jackson, who was his teammate at Alabama. So, mm-hmm. you know what, man? That's a really good list. And I, and I do want to mention this about your top five, and I really like it. The Cowboys at five, which I don't see a lot of people giving them love, that defense. No. But, man, when you look at them on paper, you look at what they have working for them. Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch. Now, Sean Lee's going to be plugged in at that other weak side linebacker position. Xavier Woods, Byron Jones. I mean, and then you look at, as you said, Arthur, Chris Richard and what he's been able to do. Now you got a really deep defensive line. Robert Quinn, Tank Lawrence. And then you look at the interior. You know, they went with Tristan Hill in the NFL draft to pair with Malik Collins. So I think this unit's going to continue to surprise a lot of people moving forward. Absolutely. And I just think about the game where they really had their coming out party last year was when they played the New Orleans Saints. Remember, at the time, the Saints were coming off of putting 30 and 40 points on people. They looked outstanding. They come into Dallas, and those wars were flying around. Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander set the tone. And I think from then on, that ultimately carried them into the playoffs, and they had that battle versus the Seahawks as well. I mean, when I just think about what the Cowboys defensively were doing, it was special because at times the offense was struggling. Remember that. It was times where the offense was kind of stagnant. People were talking about whether Dak was going to be good enough to, you know, help them progress through the season and make it to the playoffs. But that defense really stepped up. And it it reminded me of how Seattle looked early on in Russell Wilson's career when they had Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. Heavy running the ball and great defense. So that's why I'm banking on them hopping into that fifth slot. Yeah, and then to your third spot, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You and I, we chatted about them, but there's two defensive players that I wanted to get your opinion on that I feel have exceptional potential, and they're really both in contract years. One of them is Bud Dupree, the edge rusher, Mm -hmm. uh, the former first-round pick, and the second one is a guy that not a lot of people chatter about, but boy, can he play and fill the gaps, and it's Javon Hargrave. So what are, your, oh, yes. what are your thoughts on both of those guys and what they can bring to the Steelers this season? Man, well, first, when we talk about Bud, from a physical standpoint, he checks all the boxes. For him, I think last year was his first year of you really seeing him start to mentally turn that corner. That was his most productive season in terms of QB hits, QB pressures, and sacks. But then also he was productive as far as getting interceptions, fumbles, fumble recoveries, and just his overall awareness on the field looked like it grew a lot. So I'm banking on him taking that next step. And ultimately, I believe he could be a double-digit sack guy this season. I think it will happen just because of the pressure and the attention that's going to be allotted by T.J. Watt. I think that's going to have Bud in some very favorable matchups on the other side. So for him, man, I could totally see him having a breakout year. And Javon Hargrave, I love Hargrave, man. What he's able to do from the interior. I mean, when you look at him, you just think of him as, you know, a run stop because of how he's built. He's short and, and, and really, you know, thick. But his first step, he has a nice uh, stutter pass rush move where he's able to, you know, to get pressure from the, right at that, that zero tech, that nose tech. So for him, man, I think that he can, he's another one who's going to have a very productive season as well. All right, man. Well, I just wanted to pick your brain on those players right there. But now I'm going to give you my top five, all right? And I do have a couple 
that are in your list, but I have a lot of different teams. So you ready for mine, okay. Arthur, or what? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, number five. This is a surprise one, but here we go. The Washington Redskins. Greg Manuski. Okay. They got Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Ryan Kerrigan. They drafted Montez Sweat, Matt Ioannidis, an underrated defensive lineman, Landon Collins on a six-year, $84 million deal. Oh, yes, the big deal. Yeah, Josh Norman, Fabian Moreau, who's a young corner that missed most of his rookie season due to that torn peck when he was entering the NFL draft. This team right here, man, when you look at this box, and now it's uh, unfortunate what happened to Reuben Foster, right? Because if he was in this defense, I think they would even Boy, be... that changes everything, right, absolutely. Right, but you know what? They went out and signed a guy you mentioned who is a former Steeler, John Bostic, yes. who's going to fill that role in the interior of that middle linebacking unit. And I just feel like this Redskins defense, they're going to take a big step forward. I just have a hard time believing that teams are going to be able to have effective pass protection against a front that has a very, very good pass rusher in Kerrigan. And then how about Montez Sweat, who a lot of people feel was the steal oh, of the first draft. round. Yeah, right. Absolutely. If it wasn't for the medical, I mean, you know, you think about that stuff that was happening uh, doing the comment and things like that, man, if, if he's 100% healthy, him out there, I mean, I feel like can be just a dominant player. And we saw that. We saw him have success. So I, I love that pickup as well. But another guy that I love the Redskins picked up was their seventh round pick out of James Madison University, Jimmy Moreland. Man, the guy's been having an amazing OTA mini camp. Ton of interceptions, very ball hawk guy. Um, you saw a lot of that while he was in college as well. So for me, him being on the Redskins, I could totally like that pick because we got GMU, baby. So yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know what? You and I, we actually talked about Jimmy Moreland on one of these podcasts before the draft, and you informed me about him. And yeah, you're right. I do remember now I was doing some research on the Redskins defense. Moreland was a guy that's made some headlines. So you know what, Arthur? One of your former JMU players may have a bright future ahead of him, man. Hey, man, I'm excited for the guy, man. And also, he has to keep the tradition alive, man. Us JMU guys, we come in the league as late-round picks. Got to make an impact, make it long-lasting. <laughs> That's right. All right, so number four. Now, this is a team that a lot of people still think they should be ranked number one. But on my list, I have them at four. It's the Baltimore Ravens. Don Martindale, ah. the defense. Now, the thing about the Ravens, I would have them higher, but they did lose some pieces. They lost C.J. Yes. Mosley to the New Suggs. York Jets, which was a big one. Yes, yeah, Suggs to Arizona. So I, I've seen some shift in there, but I have liked what they've done in getting Earl Thomas, which was a huge get in free agency. Mm -hmm. You pair him with Tony Jefferson, and they will be one of the best safety tandems in the NFL. And then I like their defensive front still. Brandon Williams, the run-stopping defensive tackle. Patrick Onwuzer, who is another good linebacker. Matt Judon, Tyus Bowser. And then I really like the pick for Jalen Ferguson out of Louisiana Tech, who led the NCAA in sacks. Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr. So plenty of depth at the cornerback position. I do think that this Baltimore defense is still going to be elite. I just don't think they'll be the one or two slot that like they have been the recent years, but I still like their unit. No, I agree, man. I think that they're definitely going to be a productive unit. The reason I don't have them in my top five is because I personally feel that the loss of C.J. Mosley and Terrell Suggs' leadership and his uh, playmaking ability off the edge, even in his 30th NFL season, I'm been playing forever. But just when you're thinking about those two and how they've been staples for that defense throughout the past couple of years, for me, I think that they're going to feel that a little bit more. But like you said, I love the Earl Thomas addition. I think that he's an upgrade over Weddle. And I love what uh, Earl and Tony Jefferson are going to be able to do on that back end. I think that's going to be very productive. And, I mean, Jimmy Smith at corner, he, he's been one of the top corners, I feel like, in that division for years. Um, big, long arms, can move. I mean, he just – he – speaks AFC North football, you know, when you see a guy like him, man. So I could definitely see the Ravens, you know. Like I said, for me, I think they're going to be 6th, 7th, that range. But I can understand you putting them at 4. 
Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and give you my uh, top three here. I'll go for number three. I do have the Chicago Bears there. I know that they topped your list. I love what they have. I know that they lost Vic Vangio, but Chuck Pagano mm-hmm. is now there. They still have Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd, Akeem Hicks, Trevathan, Roquan Smith. They are very deep. We talked about Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson there. I like everything about this Chicago defense. I feel like they have a versatility with some athleticism. Uh, The guys can come off the edge and and rush the passer. Aaron Lynch is another edge rusher who they brought back on a one-year deal who's very productive. So I like them there at number three. And here's number two. This is a team that you didn't have on your top five, but I feel like they're going to surprise some people. And it's actually the Denver Broncos and Vic Vangio. Uh, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, pass rushing duo, I think is going to be nasty again. Derek Wolf, Chris Harris Jr. is back in the fold after that one-year revised deal. They went out and signed Kareem Jackson, Bryce Callahan from Chicago. Now, I know that safety, there's some question marks with Justin Simmons, who's still developing But overall, Josie Jewell, who's a hard-nosed linebacker there in Denver, I like what they have going on, Arthur. And I just feel like Vic Vangio and Ed Donatel, who came along from Chicago, I think Mm -hmm. they're going to be able to maximize this unit. No, man, so the thing with the uh, the Broncos, I love Von Miller. I feel like him and Bradley Chubb are about to take that step of being similar to how Von and DeMarcus Ware were. I think that's where they're headed. Um, with the addition of Vic Fangio, you know what you we saw what he was able to do with Khalil Mack and that defense over in Chicago. So I already know that he's definitely be able to have you know that defense in uh, Denver playing lights out as well. But for me, like you said, the guys on the back end, that's the only thing I was a little bit concerned about. I love the fact they were able to uh, bring Chris Harris Jr. back for another year. I think from the, the front standpoint, those interior guys, I think that they're all good in that sense. I think the pass rush is going to be there. But like I said, for me, I want to see better guys on the back end. That's my only concern right now. Yeah, and I think that is something that they're going to have to come up and, and answer as training camp gets going. Uh, so they'll be there at two for me. And number one, I have a team that is just a very complete unit. You mentioned them. One of your former teams, the Buffalo Bills, Tops my list there with Leslie Frazier. Ed Oliver, I love the pick there. Trent Murphy, talked about Jerry Hughes, Harrison Phillips, and then Edmonds to go with that secondary. Tredavious White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. This was a unit that was number two last season. They allowed 294 yards per game. And I think they're going to be that number one unit this year in what is a huge year for Sean McDermott and his job yes. security moving forward. Absolutely, man. And I think that Bill's defense will actually be better this year. Also, just simply because Josh Allen has more help around him now. When you look at the additions they made offensively, I mean, you bring in Frank Gore. You look at the receivers, they bring in Cole Beasley, John Brown. So now he has more weapons around. They brought in some help on the offensive line. So now that Bill's defense is going to have to play, you know, 70, 80 snaps. Now that's going to get cut down to like 60 snaps, hopefully. And the less snaps they play, they're going to be fresher and more productive. So yeah, I could definitely see that 100%. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and turn the page and give our offenses. Since we, on your request, right, Arthur, right, right. since we did the defense, <laughs> now we got to go to offense. All right. So. Here's the the top five offenses from 2018 really quick, just so everybody knows, right? So it was the Chiefs, number one, L.A. Rams, number two, Buccaneers, three, Steelers, four, Patriots, five. That was last year. Okay, so here's what we want to do. We'll go from five to one, and how about this? I'll give my number five team. You give your five team, and we'll go so on and so on all the way down to one. I like it. Let's do it. All right, so number five, all right? Here we go for me. I have Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. The playmakers are there. Newton, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Torrey Smith, Curtis Samuel. And then how about Chris Hogan, 
who they signed oh, from, yeah. the, from the Patriots. Former teammates. That's yes, right. Indeed. Greg Olson there. Ian Thomas, the second year tight end. And I love what they did. They went out and solidified their offensive line by signing Matt Paradis from the Denver Broncos. Norv Turner's there. Cam Newton looks like he's going to be fully healthy from that shoulder surgery this offseason. I just like the electricity that this offense in Carolina can bring to the table. No, man. So I agree 100%. I love what Carolina can do on paper right now. They have a ton of weapons. For me, I'm still, I don't believe Cam is right until I see him on that field. So that's the only reason why they're not on my top five, just because we saw what Cam looked like last year. Even though they were saying that he's okay, he can still play, you saw he couldn't even throw the ball 20 yards. Yeah. You know, so for me, understanding how they shut him down at the end of the season, understanding how they were really, you know, vague and talking about his injury with the surgery and things like that, for me, I just have to see him where there's a preseason rep or at least when they get to the regular season because my fear is that it's going to be kind of like the Andrew Luck situation where they say everything is good, oh, he's progressing, and then they shut him down for the year. And that's the thing that I think if they shut him down or he doesn't play, you know, the first couple of games of the season, that's drastically different when we talk about that Carolina roster. So that's the only thing that has to be hesitant on them. But for me, my number five offense is the New England Patriots. Um, I think with Tom Brady coming back, obviously you have Super Bowl MVP Julian Edelman back in the mix as well. Um, I love what Sonny Michelle was able to do last year. I think he's going to have another very productive season, especially when the uh, Patriots started having more of a run-first identity, which is what we saw at the end of the season and leading them into the playoffs. So I think that he's going to step up big time. And then the addition of Nikhil Harry, I think that he's going to be able to really come in and flourish under that New England offense, and especially with Brady back there throwing it to him. So I love that offense. I think that they're going to still be very successful in one of the top five teams offensively in this league again. Yeah, man. And how about the pick of Damian Harris, another running back from Alabama uh-huh. that can join Sony Michelle? That is going to be a nice one-two punch. And then James White is still there, man. So talk Absolutely. about the Rex Burkhead. Think about that. Like, yes, they have man. a ton of options in that backfield where they can either pound it or they can, you know, spread draw use these running backs in the pass game. So when you just think about all of those things they're capable of, it makes you you're talking about all the people around Brady and almost mentioning Brady in the afterthought, like, oh, yeah, this, 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 this guy. Oh, and they still got Brady. Where it's like, man, Brady himself is still an elite quarterback in this league. So it's going to be an exciting time, man. Yeah, I certainly have New England's offense in my top eight. So I do know that they are going to continue to be a force in the NFL. Now to number four. I have the team that has been talked the most about this offseason, the Cleveland Browns, slotted <laughs> there. Todd Munkin, however, I saw a report that there's been some friction between Munkin and Freddie Kitchens, but when I just look at the talent they have, I have to rank them in the top five. Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and then let's not forget that Kareem Hunt will be coming off that suspension. Yes. And so once he gets back on the field, that's going to be a scary running back duo. OBJ, Landry, Callaway, Rashard Higgins, and Joku. I mean, the list goes on and on. A lot of firepower there in Cleveland. Of course, as, as they always say, talent doesn't win games. So they're going to have to gel on the field as well. Another thing we're going to have to keep an eye on is just how the egos of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry Mm -hmm. will continue to evolve because you know these guys are playmakers and they like to have the ball in their hands. So that is something that I'm a little skeptical about, but the talent that they have in Cleveland just gives them a top five spot in my book. Well, see, on this one, we actually thought of like, man, I have them at four as well, making the big jump from 13. I think that even though the personalities that you mentioned are very volatile. I think from a talent standpoint, I think it will be able to overcome a lot of those things. And then also when you think about Baker Mayfield, this is going to be his second season. A lot of quarterbacks make a big jump going in from year one to year two. And if for Cleveland, when's the last time they've had their, you know, solidified starting quarterback for two years in a row now? I mean, it's always – Oh, is this guy or no, they drafted another guy or they were, this guy suspended. You just didn't know. 
So now for them to have Baker, that gives us a sense of continuity. And I think when you talk about Baker Mayfield, when you talk about Jarvis, OBJ, all those guys got something to prove. OBJ's come off of a, a down year. He was dealing with some injuries with New York. He's been highly criticized. You think about Baker last year. When he took over the job, he had some success. But then he was criticized this offseason, you know, in his leadership, how he talks. Is he saying too much to the media? Things like that. I think Jarvis Landry is another guy, always been doubted, things like that. So now these guys are going to get an opportunity to essentially shut up the, the, the naysayers. So I think all three of those guys thrive in that type of environment. All three of those guys thrive when they get a chance to essentially prove people wrong or shut people up. And you know that they're going to have fun with it. Because, I mean, Baker's a guy who's going to be talking the whole time once he's getting big plays and stuff. So I'm excited to see them as well. And I think Freddie Kitchens, even though it's, it's going to be his first time as a head coach, and I think that this situation is very volatile, like I said, in terms of his personalities, I do think that because of his relationship with Baker Mayfield, it's going to go a lot smoother for him than people are initially anticipating. Yeah, and you know what? I think I can agree with a lot of those points that you made. And, you know, I'm just excited to see some AFC North football, man. Because when you Absolutely. watch these Cleveland-Pittsburgh matchups, Cleveland and Baltimore, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and even the Bengals, who are a team that could be a surprise team, you know, with Zach Taylor. But, man, it's going to be a lot of fun to see this Browns offense take the field twice a year against that Pitt defense and that Baltimore defense. Absolutely. And then, like you said, we don't want to sleep on Cincinnati. For them, they dealt with a ton of injuries last year. You think about Dalton, A.J. Green, even Joe Mixon missed some time. But with all of those guys being back healthy, I think that they can still be a highly productive offense. And we've seen that before from Cincinnati. I think Zach Taylor's going to do a great job in terms of bringing in just that, that fresh blood and that new perspective since Marvin Lewis had been there for so long. And I think the biggest concern when we talk to is just what are they going to look like defensively right now? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's something that's going to have to be figured out for Cincinnati moving forward. But number three here, Arthur, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh, What's a team okay. that is looking really dangerous right now? Carson Wentz, he got his extension, and now the question with him is, can he play a full season? So I understand that there are some people that will question that. However, I'm going to bank on him. Yeah, no longer foes there, man. He's in Jacksonville. (laughs) But Carson Wentz, I still am a believer in this guy. I think he's really talented. And then how about Jordan Howard, who they acquired from Chicago for a bag of peanuts, essentially. (laughs) Miles Sanders, the rookie out of Penn State. Alshon Jeffrey. And how about the return of Deshaun Jackson to oh, Philadelphia. Yes. I love that to go with Zach Ertz, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, Dallas Goddard. And then how about that offensive line that is still one of the best in the business. So I just like what Philadelphia has right now. And as long as these guys can stay healthy, Arthur, I think they're going to be very difficult to stop this coming season. No, man. So I'm with you in terms of what they possess, but similar to the Carolina Panthers, the health aspect. And for me, I haven't seen Carson Wentz fully, you know, play a full season and be healthy. I think that he takes a lot of chance with his body and it sometimes gets him in trouble because he's so used to being the bigger, more athletic guy. Whereas at this level, you can't make a living running around like that because you will get pounded. And you saw it early on in Big Ben, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's career. You saw Michael Vick go through it. You see, you saw uh, Robert Griffin III go through it. So when you just think about that, until I see him adjust his style, it's hard for me to believe that he's going to stay healthy. And now they don't have Nick Foles to save them. So even when we talk about that aspect of it, I can't put them in my top five. But at number three for me, I'm going back to the black and gold, baby. They finished fourth last year, but I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I think um, even though they lose Antonio Brown, obviously uh, Le'Veon Bell is gone. I think you still have Big Ben, future Hall of Fame quarterback, still a top five quarterback in this league, led the league in uh, passing last year. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think that he's what, had a thousand-yard season before, had a Pro Bowl season, but now he's going to be the guy, and I think that he's going to step up even more so along with, you know, guys like James Washington and Dante Moncrief taking some of the pressure off of him. But even more so, I love James Conner 
at the running back slot. I think that he's going to have another big season. Um, they're talking about doing a running back by committee approach. So when you look at the other three, I mean, the three running backs they're going to use between James Conner, Jalen Samuels, who had a great game versus uh, New England last year. And then you bring in Benny Snell Jr., who was tearing things up for Kentucky in the SEC. I think that that three-headed monster right there can be highly productive in the ASC North. And then also Vance McDonald, when healthy, he's shown that he can be a top tight end in his league as well. So that's why I have them ranked third. And that offensive line in Pittsburgh is rock solid too. So that's going to help. All right, man. So number two, all right, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. They were number one last year. I still view them as a top unit. I know this whole Tyreek Hill situation, that's still unsettled. He could be suspended. We're still waiting word on that. But I will tell you one thing. I really dig the pick of Nicole Hardman from Georgia. I think that guy is going to be able to come in and be a dynamic playmaker to go along with Sammy Watkins, who I'm looking to have a breakout season in Kansas City. And then you look at Travis Kelsey, the guy is a phenomenal athlete, and I think he's solidifying himself as one of the best tight ends in the NFL right now. The offensive line in Kansas City with Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher, those guys are solid as well. And then Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP, which I think that, you know, he may have a little bit more of a struggle this season because teams have more tape on him. However, When I look at his arm talent, his mobility, he's a special player. And I think Eric Benemi returning to Kansas City as the OC will continue to benefit this Kansas City offense. Yeah, man, I I actually have been ranked second as well. Um, For some of the same things you said, I feel like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, throwing for 50 touchdowns last year, you know he can put the ball anywhere. He can improvise. He can create one of his legs. I mean, create on the run and stuff like that. I think that, you know, he's just emerged. I don't think we've seen his best yet. And that's the scary part. That's so exciting about him, too. Um, Travis Kelsey, even though he had, uh, I think it was an ankle surgery this offseason, mm-hmm. they still said he's going to be healthy, you know, come training camp time. And like you said, I mean, he's shown that he's one of the top tight ends in this league. And I think that he's only going to continue to emerge and be even more talked about because I feel like of lately, with Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt and the success that they were having, that Travis Kelsey was almost a forgotten guy, which is crazy to think about when you talk about him because he's an all-pro. But now I think that he's going to show up even more so this year because of the the way that teams are going to be guarding Tyreek Hill potentially. And then obviously them having more tape on Mahomes, Travis now is that safety blanket. And you know what he can do from a run-after standpoint. When we talk about the receivers, Tyreek Hill, he's the X factor. If he's there... I love this offense. If he's not there, well, now I'm having a little bit of questions about the offense. But we have to just wait to see how everything plays out in terms of, like you said, potential suspensions and whatnot. Um, then we signed Mitchell Schwartz, that was huge, giving him the extension. That that was that was awesome because he's been one of their staples on that offensive line for years now. So taking care of him was a big move. And I think that anytime you got Andy Reid out there, I mean, you know, he's an offensive genius. So they're going to find ways to still be productive. I still think they're going to find a lot of ways to be successful. He's going to continue adding wrinkles there to his offense. And Damian Williams was very productive when he stepped in for Kareem Hunt. So I know they got a couple younger backs there that are working into the fold. But number one, here's my team. And I know this may be a surprise to some people, but I firmly believe and what they can do again and replicate last year's success. It's the Indianapolis Colts, Arthur. I did Andrew Luck, (laughs) Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, Devin Punches, Eric Ebron, and then how about Paris Campbell? But when you look at this unit, man, here's my pitch. It's this offensive line that absolutely destroyed defenses this past season. Quentin Nelson, Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Anthony Costanzo, they just absolutely obliterated defenses. They wore them out. And you know what? They went to the second round of the playoffs. They completely buried the Texans in round one. And then, of course, they lost to Kansas City on the road. But I am a believer in luck. He had a comeback player of the year type of season last year. 
He's, Captain Andrew he, Luck. <laughs> he, yeah, he's even healthier this year, okay? The addition of Devin Funches, who I know had a down season in Carolina, he's going to be able to come in and take some pressure off T.Y. Hilton, and then that two tight end set with Ebron and Doyle, who is now healthy with the burner in Paris Campbell. I mean, I understand there's other teams that look more appealing but for me, man, I just think this Colts offense with Frank Reich, with Nick Sirianni, that offensive coordinator, I think they're ready for liftoff. And I'm going to say the Colts will be the top offense in 2019. Now, I love the Colts. Not only that offense, I love the Colts team just in general. You think about the uh, the defensive side of the ball with Darius Leonard, um, the acquisition of Justin Houston. I love that Colts team. Andrew Luck, they said another season fully healthy. They got some guys. The running game, that offensive line, we saw them really take off. After a slow start last year, they really hit stride and were phenomenal. For me, I think that they're going to be in that five to seven range, but I think that their team is potentially going to be, you know, one of the top three seeds in the AFC. Now, my number, uh, my number one offense, though, I think it's going to be the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think with Drew Brees coming back um, after the phenomenal season he had last year, potential MVP caliber season, um, Michael Thomas, we've seen what he's been able to do consistently now. He's proven that he is a man in this league. You know, at first you're like, oh, maybe it's just because of the system they're in. No, it doesn't matter who's guarding him. No matter where he gets the ball, he's going to find ways to be crazy productive. His run after numbers are up there on par with Antonio Brown, who's one of the best in the league at run after catch. Um, I think Alvin Kamara is going to have an even bigger impact this year now that Mark Ingram is gone, so he doesn't have to worry about splitting carries. I think what he's able to do from a running standpoint, but then also a receiving standpoint, it's just going to make him that much more of a threat. And then also the addition of Jared Cook. You saw what he was doing last yes. year in Oakland, and that offense in Oakland was struggling. He was one of the only bright spots there last year. So I think him coming there, I mean, essentially he upgrades what Ben Watson was. So I love that addition for Drew Brees. And, I mean, you see anytime those games are in New Orleans, it's just different. They play a lot faster. They just look special. And I think they all have a bad taste in their mouth because of how last season ended. The controversy associated with the no-call passing interference on the kill, Roby Coleman. Um, I think for them, and they really want to come out and show that, hey, we can and we will win another Super Bowl. So for me, and that's why I got them at the number one spot. I think Drew Brees is going to come out and, and just be on a mission this year. Yeah, and I do have the Saints number six, so just outside my top five. But here are two players, Arthur. That, uh, that not a lot of people really are talking much about on that Saints offense, but I think they're going to play big roles. And it's Latavius Murray, who they signed mm-hmm. to replace Mark Ingram. That guy's uh-huh. a physical runner that I think is going to be able to replicate very similarly to what Mark Ingram was to Alvin Kamara. And the other player is Traquan Smith. The wide receiver there out of UCF last year. He is a big physical target that was starting to develop and gain some chemistry with Drew Brees. So do not sleep on Traquan Smith. I know Michael Thomas, the dude, is a monster. But Traquan Smith, I think he's going to make another leap here in 2019 as well. I like that. And don't forget, they still got Ted Ginn Jr., who's still a high-pedigree guy to take the top off of any defense. So, man, when I just look at that offense, they have a ton of talent, a ton of weapons. (laughs) Yeah, they do, man. All right. So now we got our defense, our offense. And to close out today's podcast, I want to just talk real quickly about which first-year head coach is set up for the most success and then just give a head coach in the NFL that we feel is on the hot seat entering the 2019 campaign. So I'll go first. The first year head coach that I think is destined for the most successful season because of what's around him, I'm going to give it to Jets head coach Adam Gase. I know Freddie Kitchens is a is a very okay. top candidate, but here's why I'm going Gase, Arthur. We know they got Sam Darnold, second-year quarterback. I think he showed some promise last year. Now they got Le'Veon Bell. They acquired Kalichi Osmele to solidify the offensive line. Chuma Doga, third-round offensive tackle. 
And then how about the trio receivers? Robbie Anderson, Quincy Inunua, Jamison Crowder, who they signed from Washington. And their defense is absolutely stacked with Jamal Adams, Quentin Williams, Leonard Williams, Mosley, Marcus May. So they have an immense amount of talent on that team. And I understand that the Patriots run the AFC East, but the Jets are a team that could maybe sneak in with a wild card spot. Ooh, I like that. That's bold right there, man. Uh, man, when you talk about the time that they have, especially on the defensive side, that's what intrigues me the most about that Jets team. Offensively, I still, I don't know, man. I, I'm still on the fence about Sam Darnold in terms of what he can do in that division. And it's not like he's going to be playing against some easy competition. And obviously, we talked about New England, but we talked about that Bills defense. I think that they're really going to take that step to get back into that wild card spot. So for me, I'm a little hesitant on that Jets team, but my first year head coach that I think has the best setup to win. It's Vic Fangio over in Denver. Ooh, when you talk about that defense, right? We know what Vaughn and Bradley Chuck could do. We talked about Chris Harris Jr. We talked about how those guys fly around. They create a ton of pressure. Obviously, when you play in Denver, the altitude plays an impact on you. I love all that. I think that the, the two additions that I like the most, though, number one, bringing in Mike Munchak for the offensive line out there is going to shore those guys up a ton. And then number two, bringing in Joe Flacco. Um, Last year, they struggled at the quarterback slot. I think that even though Joe isn't Super Bowl MVP Joe anymore, I think that he still is a top 15 quarterback in this league, and he's going to come in. Obviously, he's going to compete with Drew Luck to start out, but I feel like everyone knows that Joe's going to be the guy going forward this season. And I think that when you look at that, the other guys that they have offensively, Philip Lindsay coming off a Pro Bowl season. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, as long as he's healthy, I think Emmanuel can still be a top receiver in this league. I love Noah Fant. Um, I think so he said Fant, yeah. But having him, you know, drafting him out of Iowa, huge. And then, like you said, we already got Von Miller out there, man. So when you just look at all those pieces, I think Denver can definitely – especially Vic Fangio, have the best setup in his first year as a head coach. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think Denver is a team that can be in contention out of the AFC West this year. We talked about it. You just mentioned it again. The defense, I like what they have. I have them in the top five, a defensive unit. And then Flacco, I think this guy can still be productive. Deshaun Hamilton, Cortland Sutton. These are some young offensive playmakers that can make some noise along with Philip Lindsay. So I can definitely see that. But now let's talk about, really briefly, a head coach that we feel is under some pressure to win this season. And I'm going to give you mine, Arthur. Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett. Jerry Jones, he opted against giving Garrett a contract extension this offseason, which many people believed was going to be the case. But Jones, who's really shown a lot of love for Garrett, said, hey, you know what? We're going to let him coach out his contract. We're going to see what happens this season. I know Dallas, they're coming off a 10-6 year. They were the NFC East champs. They made it to the second round of the playoffs where they fell to the Rams, right? But Garrett, you look at his record. He's 77-59, and 59, three NFC East titles, three playoff berths. However, Arthur, the one thing that is really troubling for him and a lot of Cowboys fans is he's 2-3 and three in the playoffs through nine uh-huh. seasons, and they just have not been able to reach that second or third gear which is why I feel that if Garrett cannot get this Dallas team beyond the first or second round of the playoffs, Dallas may have a new head coach in 2020. Wow, man, I can definitely see him as a hot seat guy. Um, like you said, talked about plenty going over even last season. And Jerry Jones, even though he, he says the right things, he doesn't seem to love, you know, Jason Garrett at the head coach spot. So, I definitely can understand that. For me, I think the head coach under the most pressure this season is going to be Mike Tomlin with the Steelers. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at the time that they've had over their roster, you know, over the past five, six, seven years, still haven't been able to get that ring yet. And then last year, not making the playoffs with that talent was really crucial, along with the negativity that was associated with the team from a media standpoint and the quote-unquote distraction things like that. So I think for him... 
he definitely has to have a bounce back season where they at least get back in the playoffs. And I think they will, but I definitely see him under that hot seat because, like, you can't not make the playoffs with that much talent. And if you do that two years in a row, I mean, that's unacceptable. And, and that's, you know, especially with the standards in Pittsburgh, even with them winning nine games, they, they in Pittsburgh, they don't care about that. They care about championships. So for him, he's definitely going to have to get those guys focused and make sure that they come out and be extremely productive. And I think they will. When we talk about some of these in terms of their offense and defense, um, I think on both sides of the ball, they're there. And I think last year they would still could easily have won 10, 11 games if the uh, field goal kicking situation was a little more shored up. So with all those aspects, I think that they'll have another they'll have a bounce back season. But if they don't, I think Tom is definitely on the hot seat. And if they choose to part ways with Tomlin, I think I know a guy that can be their head coach. His name's Arthur Motes, and he just recently <laughs> retired. Maybe they'll give him a phone call and uh, say, hey, man, we need you to come uh, lead our team moving forwards. What would you think oh, about that? Oh, man. <laughs> nah, I'm over past on that one. I don't want that. Oh, jeez. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, man. Arthur's like, man, I'm just trying to enjoy retirement of my family yeah, that's right what that, that, that's stress right there. I don't need that stress in my life. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Well, hey, Arthur. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We gave you some more NFL content, plenty to digest in today's Pro Football Chase podcast. So, Arthur, thanks again, man, for taking the time to join the pod. I wish you a great and happy weekend with your family and as you move forward into retirement. But, man, I'm just excited. Football is coming very soon. Training camp will be here in less than a month. So uh, go out and enjoy your afternoon, man, and God bless. Man, I definitely appreciate you. Always a blast when we get to talk, man. You enjoy yourself as well. All right, bro. Take care. All right, you too. Right, bye-bye. bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-